Over the last 37 episodes, wow, that's a lot. I've talked a ton about towns such as Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Pine Plains, and Tivoli, as well as Woodstock, cities like Hudson and Kingston, and a fair bit of Columbia County. But I'm realizing I've been totally remiss about Southern Dutchess County. And the seat of Dutchess County, where Vassar College is, is Poughkeepsie. I pass through Poughkeepsie, well, I used to pass through it, every week on Amtrak. On my way home, Poughkeepsie is exactly 15 minutes from Rhinebeck Station. And what I've learned is that if you want to call an Uber from the train because, say, your husband no longer picks you up, most Uber and Lyft drivers are across the river in Kingston. So if you don't want to wait around at the station all lonely, waiting for a pickup, you can time it exactly right if you request your Uber or Lyft at the stop in Poughkeepsie. you got to move quick, though, because the signal gets weak after you leave the station. But if it works, then you get to the Rhinebeck station exactly when your driver arrives. Clever, right? Now, about Poughkeepsie. What do I know about it? Well, nothing, actually. So, of course, I Google about it. And what do I learn? Well, for starters, Queen City of the Hudson is its name. That's pretty cool. Once home to two whaling companies. And it's also where cough drops by the Smith Brothers were once made, which is totally charming. But, you know, that's not really enough for the city. So I do what you would do. I tweet to ask about it. And what I do is I CC at Duchess History, a feed I follow. It's not long before I get a response from Will Tatum, the Duchess County historian. It isn't more than 48 hours later that Will sends me a PDF with amazing historical facts about Poughkeepsie, which I am sharing with you today. The first is what I was hoping for, a good Revolutionary War story. As you may already know, the city of Kingston across the city was burned by British forces in October 1777. And Poughkeepsie served as a de facto state capital, hosting several meetings of the state assembly. Number two, I subscribe to the Poughkeepsie Journal, as I'm sure you do. But I didn't know it launched its first issue in 1785, which makes it the oldest continuously published local newspaper in New York State. Take that, New York Times. Number three, the 1887 Poughkeepsie Railroad Bridge, the longest cantilever-style bridge at the time of its opening then, survives on the north end of the city, but now it's the walkway over the Hudson State Park, which I haven't done. After restoration work to repair damage from a fire in 1973, the walkway opened in 2009, and now it is the world's longest elevated pedestrian bridge. Number four, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt personally supervised the construction of the Poughkeepsie Post Office, which was completed in 1938. Its design reflects the local colonial Dutch style of architecture and building houses several large murals depicting periods of Poughkeepsie's history. We don't get political on this show, but I'd like to see a president who supports the post office, especially since Luke, our mail carrier, is currently one of my very few human contacts every day. Number five, in 1942, IBM built its first plant in Poughkeepsie, which manufactured ammunition for World War II. This initial footprint would grow into one of IBM's primary facilities with satellites at East Fishkill and Kingston. This area is big with roots in tech. So thanks, Will Tatum. We're all going to follow at Duchess History on Instagram or on Twitter. I cannot get enough of this. So now you know everything I know about Poughkeepsie, but you will soon meet someone that I just met. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is Cityit, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. This season, as you can tell, I'm trying to get closer to the people who live and work here. A few episodes ago, you'll remember meeting Dairo, an Empire regular from the train. I'm also trying to line up farmers to talk to, because, well, especially living next to two farms in an orchard, 
I want to know everything about farming without having to do it myself. Today we're going to talk to a local business owner, Daniel Clark from Prime Print Shop, who's also generous enough to sponsor this episode with a special offer for City of Listeners. I'm excited for you to get to know him, to hear his story, his point of view, crazy things one can print, and what he and his wife do with their five acres of land. We first talked about Poughkeepsie a bit, including some of the backstory of the walkway over the Hudson, which I've still not done. Are you a city or are you a friend of a city I am a friend of a city I, I am, I am, I'm a local, a local yokel. Uh, I was born in, in uh, Poughkeepsie and grew up in Pleasant Valley. And to me, growing up, Poughkeepsie was the big city. It was uh, 20 minutes away and I didn't understand how the roads worked and all that stuff. Uh, we would go down to New York uh, for field trips, museums and whatnot. In my whole life, I've probably been there 20 times. And, uh, you know, they've got good museums. That's, that's about what I enjoy about the city. Uh, but um, uh, I've, I've lived other places, went, to, went away to school, came back, moved away a couple of times, but I always ended up coming back. And uh, I, I guess not everyone loves where they grew up. And it took me a long time to realize that I do and that we do have special things here. One, one example is driving across the Kingston Bridge, going towards Kingston. Yeah. And you're in that silly traffic outside of Rhinebeck, and then you finally get to the bridge, and you can get up to speed, and up in front of you, the Catskills rise, and you can see north, and you can see south, and I, I've come to appreciate that as someone who's lived somewhere else and come back, because growing up here, it's just what you saw. It's just the scenery. I love the Catskills. It didn't impress me, but yeah, they're an amazing thing. I've lived in Ulster County for a while, and... Uh, it was great to be on the doorstep. It was really easy to just go out there and walk for a while. And what uh, about the walkway over the Hudson in Poughkeepsie? Everybody talks about it, but I've never done it. I, I was surprised to hear that you hadn't done it, actually. Um, I thought that, you know, that started so many years ago, and uh, that actually burned. It was a working railroad bridge up until 1974. I think it had been disused, and then fireworks landed on it in 1974, and it burned. And it was a big deal. And there's pictures uh, that you can find of thick black smoke coming from these creosote-covered railroad ties. And, uh, and and although it had been disused for a while before that, it kind of seems like a symbol of what had happened to Poughkeepsie. Um, Poughkeepsie went through urban renewal in the 60s. They In the 70s, they closed down the lower section of Main Street and made it pedestrian only which was exactly the opposite of what they should have done at the time, apparently. Um, they since reopened that up. Uh, the bridge is pretty neat. I've only been there, <laughs> I've only been there myself once, actually. I went in a super cold Thanksgiving day and um, I like to take walks. I'm not a rail trail kind of person. I really enjoy walking in the woods and say hi to someone as you pass. Hopefully you pass someone infrequently. The, 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 the walkway is deservedly very I think it's a pretty crowded area to go. Yeah, no one wants crowds up here. It's why we left New York, and especially now during the virus, you want some space, which is really a new currency. Another form of currency many of us spend a lot of time thinking and talking about is, of course, real estate. In a city like New York, when you talk about real estate, you talk about co-op boards, crazy prices, one and a half baths as a luxury, and full-service buildings, which basically means having a doorman, a parking garage, and a gym. Up here? Well, we also talk about real estate all the time. But what we talk about is land and food 
and making food on our land. And, and wait, tell me about your five acres. Like what, what, I only have two, so five would, would be overwhelming for me. What do, you, what do you do with them? Are they wooded? Are they open? Maybe you could describe it. It's 90% uh, open. Uh, my wife is a, a longtime uh, veggie farmer. She's a pro. She was doing it long before, since long before I met her. She's Amazing. Managed, managed uh, you know, 200 family CSAs, and uh, um, she is amazing. And I wanted a pretty wooded area because I like to kind of hide in the woods. Um, but uh, we compromised and have uh, a, a really great wide open, we've got a lot of sky here. It's a pretty, it's, an, it's literally an old hay field. And of our five and a quarter acres, um, about 4.9 of it is open space. Um, and it's just beautiful. We're, we're in it, we're in our own little valley. We definitely have our own little microclimate climate compared to the other weather stations uh, around us. Um, my weather station is called Willow Vale Farm, if anyone wants to look it up. It's a, uh, 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 so what we do here is uh, she, uh, my wife, her name is Jessica. She um, uh, does have a, a market garden here that she grows prodigious amounts of any vegetable you might want to put in your cart at any time of the year. Um, she sells mostly to Big Rock Farm Market in Stamfordville. Um, she's uh, also has a small network of, uh, she doesn't really call it a CSA, but it is a small network of neighbors that have formed a CSA and, and have been picking up veggies from her weekly this year. Um, I love it. We joined a CSA for many years and now we're, I think, on a third Hardy Roots, right? Yeah, third year at Hardy Roots. And it's yeah. just the experience of going and picking it up and knowing where it's come from. Also being surprised each week about what might be in there. Last yeah. week, they gave us an extra, they gave us seconds, you know, of tomatoes, like a big box. Oh. Mm. Uh, we may have paid for them, I don't know, but it was really inexpensive. And Brian's making tomato sauce to freeze for the winter. Terrific. And of course, seconds are this, you know, the stuff that nobody wants, so to speak. But of course, they're just as good and they're just slightly bruised. I Perfect. know all about seconds because seconds are what the farmer's family eats, you know. We, <laughs> we pretty much, you, you sell the good stuff and then you eat the, the stuff that's not so good. Um, the, I think the only complaint that I've ever heard about a CSA it's it's not about the the cost of it it's the, just the amount of food that you get and what do i do with it um so successful csas usually will include some type of a, a recipe card system or a, maybe in the in the weekly uh, email blast they'll give you an idea of what's going to be what's going to be available this week and what can you do with it and you know canning tomatoes is a great way to work with it cuz you you dollar for dollar you get more food from a CSA than you do if you go shopping at the store. It's, it's a really a wonderful system. And you're right. You're right there in the middle of where it all happens. Everybody feels good about it. And uh, it's, it's a really cool uh, innovation. And right, right now, how do you feel about right now what we're all going, going through? Do you, for me, it's very validating to live here and be closer to the food and the supply chain. Um, yeah. I just worry. I worry less about it. Um, but you having your own farm vegetable farm must be even re more reassuring it is it is it's uh nice to know that we completely didn't have to worry about the latest warning about onions um i think there was an e coli warning over the past week about i missed some, that uh, yeah yeah well it didn't matter because you get your onions from a local source but there was uh i don't know the name of the the national distributor every onion that they'd had you know sold in the past whatever period of time 
you should have gotten rid of because of the risk of E. coli. Anytime there's like a bagged salad risk for E. coli, it really doesn't apply to us either. That's, it's, uh, right now there's thousands of idiots listening to this, throwing out their onions. <laughs> Sorry, Hundreds I mean, of thousands. <laughs> I can hear them now. Hey, idiots! I'm so lucky because this episode is sponsored by Prime Print Shop in Poughkeepsie. They can copy, print, and scan nearly anything from house plans, property surveys, and planning board submissions to banners, business cards, yard signs, and more. Visit primeprintshop.com and mention secret code CITIAT to get 20% off your first order. I think it's because I'm in marketing, or perhaps because I'm fairly nosy, but whenever I walk past a business, I always wonder, who goes in there? What do they sell in a print shop? What goes on in there? So your your customers, are they mostly locals? I don't even like that word. Or weekenders? Or like who, who comes in with plans and other kinds of services? The, the majority are local professionals, architects, engineers, attorneys, mm -hmm. nonprofits, um, the, the colleges. Uh, but we certainly do see our share of, of cityites as well and people who are uh, either building a home in the area or renovating a home in the area. Um, everybody has to go through the planning board process at some point, and to do that, you need documents. And oftentimes, the uh, uh, the architect will take care of that for you. But um, we do. Uh, I end up shipping a lot of things down to the city, actually, uh, for on the behalf of some ar architect who's up here. Uh, you know, the the uh, the city dweller is working with an architect that's local. Um, because they know the, the planning board and they know how it works in, in town. Um, so I'll ship the plans down to them uh, wherever they are down in the city. Uh, if we've printed out uh, family trees for people, large, big, you know, oh. three, feet, three feet by six feet. We, we didn't do the design. They came in with it. Um, but uh, that's a pretty nifty thing to have up on your wall that shows, you know, the whole story. Um, we do a lot of... Uh, you know, embarrassing photos for people, not naughty photos, but, but more like uh, uh, maybe a, someone's going to turn 50. So there, someone else, uh, a family member or spouse brings in a, a baby picture and we blow it up to three foot by four. So it can really make them feel silly at, at the party. Of course, what I wanted to know from Daniel was what he thought of me. I mean, us as Sidiots. And did he have any advice for folks moving up here? Beyond the type that I give, like how to find your town, how to set yourself up or make friends, what about how to behave? Uh, be kind to your neighbors. I think that's the, uh, the uh, um, perhaps the, the universal golden rule that for anyone who might purchase a house somewhere, um, you know, you have extra tomatoes, take them over to your neighbor. You bake an extra few cupcakes, take them over to your neighbor. It's a good thing. It makes people happy. They won't, they won't want to admit it because it sounds very old-fashioned and corny, but it sure is a nice thing to do. You know, I... I I interviewed a fellow Sidiot who was more, far more advanced than I was, um, Darrow, a few weeks ago. And now I'm talking to someone who's actually from here. So this is a little narcissistic, but what do you think of us, those of us that come up here? And, you know, I was a weekender first and now I'm full-time hardcore. Um, yeah. But what's the perception? What's the, give us the insider view. I think when it comes right down to it, what we have in common is that we like it here. And I love it here. People might dress differently. People drive different cars. People have different catchphrases. But 
when it comes down to it, we all really enjoy being here and that's our common ground. Um, you know, we uh, out in, in the town of Stanford here, it's very rural. It's minimum, minimum five acre zoning. And uh, we have, you know, many weekend neighbors whom some who were on waving terms to some who were on hello terms to and some we just see oh so and so is up because the car goes by um you know we're we're all here for a reason and it's a great place to live and no one should be angry that anyone's here enjoying it i have my own opinions on every town every county but i was curious to hear how someone from here looks at geography Having lived in both Dutchess County and Ulster County, um, the bridge is is a real divider. I remember growing up, um, there would be talk of going across the river, or someone someone's family lives across the river, and uh, it, it is a psychological barrier. Even though there's been a bridge there for you know eighty or ninety years, um, Poughkeepsie, having had the uh, the railways always that made a huge difference with the folks who were able to come up here I mean cities have been coming up here for a very long time um, uh, so I think of of Dutchess County as probably uh, a little more well off uh, it has more educational institutions it has several colleges yep. uh, versus Ulster uh, Ulster County has Woodstock it has the uh, uh, the Catskills. I think of it as a, a little bit more of a hippier county than Duchess is. Mm -hmm. uh, Kingston itself is. Kingston has. Kingston wears a lot of hats actually because it's the county seat uh, of Ulster, so it has all the county buildings and and the clusters of the professionals there. Um, but it it has become Brooklyn of the North. Uh, in a way, it, when I, I moved to, I bought a house, my house in Kingston in 2007 and lived there for uh, nine years. And I moved to Kingston because I really liked how it was a, it was a, a smaller, more manageable city that I felt comfortable living in. Daniel's description of Kingston really touched me because it reminded me that as much as I talk about the city country divide and the experience of moving up here, the more I realize it's really the new city upstate shift that I'm journaling through this podcast. Up here, you can still have an urban life if that's what you want, whether it's Kingston, Hudson, Newburgh, or Poughkeepsie. It's different than New York City for sure, but they still have many advantages of a city. See, I'm five years in and I'm still learning. Thanks so much, Daniel, for being on CityEd, and to Prime Print Shop for sponsoring this episode. Remember, they can copy, print, and scan nearly anything from house plans, property surveys, and planning board submissions to banners, business cards, yard signs, and more. Visit primeprintshop.com and mention that secret code CityEd to get 20% off your order. Thanks also to the Dutchess County Historian, who responded to my tweet asking for help and supplied many of the facts you learned here. You can find him on Twitter. If you're enjoying City Yet, please subscribe. And if you haven't, rate and review us in the Apple Store. It helps people find us. City Yet tracker caps in Navy with the iconic baby goat are still in inventory. If you want to get one, you'll find them at gumroad.com slash or just message me. The price includes shipping in the U.S. I'm Matt Zucker, podcasting from my favorite place on Earth, and I hope it becomes yours. Come visit. <laughs>